Hey guys, my name is Akshita. I'm a data analyst and a travel enthusiast. I'm Anand. I'm a finance bro and a tech geek. And you're listening to the Why Coordinate, the weekly podcast where we discuss the why behind human society and behavior. Lessons from pop culture and our own experiences to lead a more intentional, efficient, and happy life. Hi Akshita, how are you? Hi Anand, I'm doing well-ish. I wouldn't say great. I'm doing well. <laughs> how about you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, just been very busy this week. So, um, no I guess. I uh, let's let's uh, <laughs> move on to introducing our guest for today. I'm, I'm very excited for introducing our guest. She, in fact, is more of a veteran when it comes to podcasts than either of us. Uh, she's been very doing podcasts <laughs> for uh, longer than the two of us have been combined. So it's uh, I'm very excited to introduce uh, Mavis Wong. Uh, Mavis, or uh, would you like to? introduce yourself and welcome to the Y coordinate. Hi guys, it's so nice to join you on why uh, the Y coordinate and um, it's a great opportunity to connect with you guys even though we have this COVID thing going on. So I feel really excited to uh, to meet you guys across the internet. And uh, my name is Mavis and uh, my Chinese name, I'm actually Chinese and my Chinese name is Mohan. And uh, people on Chinese social network, most of the times they call me Hu Hu because that's sort of like a nickname. And um, I consider myself as a entrepreneur because I'm running a small studio in Beijing and uh, in my part-time I'm also a podcaster. So I have a podcast named Casticle, basically recommending different great episodes of English podcasts to bilingual listeners in China. So that's me. Oh, we're <laughs> welcome, welcome, Mavis, uh, Mohan. We're really excited to have you and uh, finally have someone who has some experience with podcasts. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's uh, let's introduce the topic for today. Uh, and the topic you've picked is extremely exciting, and I mm-hmm. feel like we have uh, a very opposing views on this. So the topic for today is what would you choose uh, between wanting to do something versus having to do something? Mm. So before we start debating on this, uh, uh, Mon, would you want to kind of elaborate by what we mean by this topic? Uh, want to versus have to? Uh, so I guess it's just like a question about people's motivation. So basically, I understand the topic as in want to versus have to from the perspective of personal motivation, because basically I think when I look back to basically all the decisions that I have made in my life, I Mm -hmm. think I just made every single decision based on my own motivation. So basically it just feels super excited or I feel super excited to choose this topic because I want to pinpoint the very importance of um, personal motivation. But um, I don't know whether you guys think of this topic. How do you, how would you want to approach this topic? Like from which angle, from which perspective? Okay, so uh, I I agree with you on the motivation aspect of it. So th- when I wrote down this topic, my thought was that uh, when you talk about like, it, if it's a spectrum of 
on one side there is wanting to do something like for example wanting to watch netflix or wanting to eat a slice of pizza these are things that you want to do and you know you are excited to do whereas there's things like you know doing the laundry or doing the dishes or getting up in the morning on monday morning to go go to work these are things you kind of have to and you most of the times don't don't really want to they're not motivated to and uh so and and when it, when you talk about motivation i feel like motivation is something in between where it's like uh you need you need motivation to do things and uh you then go ahead and do them otherwise your likelihood of doing them is really less like for example uh working out for example is mm. this is kind of relating to our first episode akshita uh working out is something that uh, a lot of people want to do but uh in the immediate uh short term they don't have the motivation to do it so many times i am guilty of this as well you don't end up doing it. so that's kind of where we're coming from so but let's let's uh let's dig deeper on like uh what you have to say on this mavis you said that uh yeah i mean motiv- motivation is important to mm-hmm. uh you know actually be able to do something consistently yes yes right. um yes i guess so yes i mean um motivation is definitely very important and uh because i think it's very dependable because it means something profound it means something deep that you can stick to when you feel tired when you feel exhausted when you feel a little bit dis- disappointed by the reality and when when you look inside you still have that thing in your mind or you, deep down in your heart that you can hold on to so basically i think this want to um can be translated or interpreted uh to faith or even to the belief or the thing that you want to achieve for your life from my perspective so it's not just like um like a casual thing or a entertainment thing that I want to do. So I really appreciate what you just mentioned Anak because what you said is basically from the perspective of desire, like what I really want to do at this very moment, like what I intend to do at this very moment. Um actually I I haven't thought about this because when I like when I saw this topic for the first time the the first thing that popped up in my mind is about motivation yes what about Ashta what do you think about this topic yeah so um for me I think I tend to uh, I'm I'm more towards Mavis on this one I definitely <laughs> prefer uh, want to or have to because hmm. um the word have to itself uh seems very construct constricting or limiting versus want to for me sounds free um when you talk about i have to do something it's something that you know it tends to sometimes discourage you because it's something that you have to do because either society tells you to or you're supposed to do it because it's the best or the easiest or the most uh, positive way forward Mm-hmm. want to is something that is coming from within you it's something that you are as you said personally motivated to do that's why it's something that you want to do it might not be the best um uh, it might not be the easiest thing to do it might not be um something that's accepted i mean for example if someone in um india or asia asia asian kids are known to be very academically oriented but if somebody wants to go forward and say that hey i want to be an artist in india it's at least it's not the easiest way forward but that want to is something that's getting 
from inside like it's it's something that's the the person's enthusiastic about it and not mm. just pressured by people and has to or have to do uh math science anything so for me uh, even though i don't personally follow it it's it's not something i follow personally but want to is definitely what i feel i want i should look forward to in the future that's a great point so how do you understand motivation then anak <laughs> okay so uh according to me motivation is uh so there are two two things when you talk about uh motivation this this whole uh question of want to versus have to uh one is we are talking about things like career decisions uh for example you know choosing to do to choosing a career path or one over other and and um, there i feel motivation is extremely important uh mm. if you end up in a career or if you end up choosing something where it's more of like i have to like you know for example accounting is is a career that i personally feel is extremely boring so uh, or or engineering as a as a undergrad discipline in india uh, i know actually that we talked about this in our episode with catherine where in india it's like medicine or engineering are the two disciplines that you kind of have to take uh and on those occasions i feel uh, motivation or interest or desire or faith however you package it is extremely important uh but when it comes to again uh, going what we discussed in the first episode uh when it comes to things which are long term gain but short term pain so for example studying or exercising where you want to do those things because you'll get get uh gains in the future but in the short term they give you pain they 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 uncomfortable like you know working out or or starting you got to be doing something else uh in in those situations uh, we have this mindset where we feel like uh i'll do it when i get the motivation to do it i'll study when i feel motivated to study or i'll work out when i feel motivated to work out at, at on those occasions i feel uh that you don't need motivation you need discipline it's it's kind of like uh you know to become an to become an olympic athlete uh you don't become an olympic athlete because uh you first get, like if you want to become an olympic athlete you don't become you don't become a medalist and then you start training for it you you get disciplined you start training for it and then you get get the medal i'm i'm kind of butchering the analogy a little bit let me look it up again <laughs> i messed it up the last time also yeah so put in some you don't wait until you're in olympic form to start training you train to get into an olympic form so same thing with uh, this whole thing of you know short term pain long term gain you start forcing yourself kind of having to study or kind of having to exercise and then when you start seeing the results then the motivation or uh, faith or want kind of kicks in that's kind of my perspective on i think it's super interesting that you mentioned like uh, workout or uh, you know exercising because yeah. it just reminded me that uh, probably motivation is just to some people it's just an excuse of procrastination like <laughs> when they say they need some motivation yes. they actually want to procrastinate right they don't really want to do it yeah yes that's a great point yeah. yes yeah 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 mm. I, i mean when you when you say motivation it kind of means that there is an assumption that you need to be in a particular mental or emotional state as a prerequisite to before you can actually go ahead and complete that task which mm. i think is problematic your moods and your feelings should not be a variable in 
you achieving a goal which you know objectively is good for you does that make sense right well yeah it makes some sense it really makes some sense i mean especially for those people who are extremely rational mm. but like for me honestly speaking i consider myself mm. as a highly emotional person so <laughs> that is the reason why i consider motivation mm-hmm. as one critical critical part like one crucial part for me to make any decision when i yeah. think mm. about my career path like every single decision that i've made along the way mm-hmm. I um I used motivation or I leveraged my motive uh, my motivation and my emotions as one of the means to to guide myself to 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 sort of like to pick the most promising role that I can I I can take on. So like for example, I was basically a language major student uh for six years because I spent four years studying French in uh, my un- for my undergraduate days. And then I went to Newcastle in the UK for a master's degree in interpreting. And I got my, my first job in London as a conference interpreter. But then I decided that um, I have huge interest in the internet industry. So I relocated to Beijing, which means basically my hometown and to find myself a job in a internet company because I, I, I can feel the massive power of internet or the uh, irreversible ascent of technology, especially in China. And I feel that it's not because I've like read a lot of researches about this field. It's just that I can observe and then I can sense and I internalize all of my observations and then I sort of trans- transform what I, when I saw, what I felt into like a motivation which drives me to to find the suitable job opportunity for me. Yes. Oh, that's uh, impressive, Mavis. So yeah, I, I think I'm on the same page as you when it comes to things like, for mm-hmm. example, your life choices, your career decision. You went mm-hmm. with your gut. You went with things that interested you. Uh, you left mm-hmm. your job after you know spending six years studying it because you were interested in technology. In that respect, I 100% agree that you should do things that you want to do, things that, um, in fact, right now um, in my life, I'm at this sort of crossroads where I'm trying to figure out what is it that I really want to do because I, mm. I, I don't know. It's either like I want to do everything or I don't want to do anything, that sort of a thing. But uh, when it comes to this want to versus have to debate, my thing is only for activities or habits that you have established that is good for you but because of momentary uh, momentary lapses in your mood you may not mm-hmm. want to do it because you may not have the motivation you procrastinate like you said in in those respects it, it's just a, it's just almost like a mental hack uh, or a way of reframing things where instead of saying that I need to mo- I need to feel motivated before I get down to study or I need to feel motivated to work out, you just say that no, I'm I don't care about motivation. I have to I have to work out or I have to study and then you just go do it. So that mm-hmm. is kind of where. So it's like this debate of want to versus have to can have multiple interpretations and also the level and extent of the decision that we're talking about. So at a smaller level, I feel like I would want to go with have to, but obviously for things like life, career choices, or other things, like you would never want to you know, choose a have to decision where you know you are stuck doing something because you have to. Do. So I guess we're in agreement. On what, what do you think? Yes. About? Yeah, I think what you said is really meaningful because you just reminded me of the importance of have to moment. Like um, 
for example, I I don't have a like um habit of workout. So I get I guess in this sense, I really need to force myself to work out so that I can keep a very good physique, like uh, I can keep a very fit and good figure, right? So yeah, this is a great reminder. But um, I have a question. So do you guys have some typical moments that you feel you really want this thing or you really have to do this thing? Could you please maybe share a few like interesting stories that um, you can you can you can pick up as the representations of those have to and want to moments? Um, so I mean, even even for the topics that we are talking about, I'll go first actually. Uh, like right now, I have I have an exam coming up in May, and uh, mm-hmm. there are moments where. I really enjoy the topic that I'm studying, and I know that it's going to be valuable and a good addition to sort of my career. And I feel extremely motivated to do it, and I really want to uh, study it because it's it's literally things that I would be looking up on Google otherwise. But then there are moments where you know uh, my family is watching something on Netflix, or uh, you know my friends are having a Zoom call, or a few people in the city that I know are going out for drinks. Where I'd rather you know go do that instead of study, and there it's kind of more like have to. So it's the exact same thing, but based on what my mindset is and also what else is going on in my life, it can vary quite significantly on the want to and have to spectrum.、Mm. What about Ashton? Um, so uh, back a few years ago when I was in college, when I was in university, I. Really, really wanted to do this、um, international volunteering experience through ISEC. I'm not sure if、uh, y'all are aware of ISEC, but I was really, really wanted to do it.、Um, but then that was also the year where、uh, it was in the third year of my undergrad, where it's 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 suggested that you start looking for internships and you get some kind of work exposure and experience. So.、Um, Even though I really wanted to do the ISEC um, uh, international volunteering thing, and I knew that that would stay with me forever because I was internally motivated and enthusiastic to do it, I still chose the have to route where I chose that I have to do an internship. So I found an internship and I spent one month there interning. Where honestly, like now, I hope nobody is listening to this. I would have learned more in the ISEC. <laughs> Experience than I did in that one month, <laughs> but、uh, yeah. So、um, that's when I realized that、uh, if I felt that you know that excitement towards something, that motive, internal interesting motivation towards something, I should have possibly gone for it. Even though at that time everyone was telling me against it, everyone was telling me you should get some work experience. You're going to graduate soon. You know you need to know what you're. Interested in what kind of industry? But yeah, that's my、uh, small little example when it comes to this want to versus have to. And now when I look back, I was I really wish that I'd taken the want to perspective. This is super interesting. It just means that sometimes the dilemma between want to and have to may cause some regrets, right? And this yes, kind of like regretting feeling is lasting even longer、yes. than. The decision that we went, what we were once made, right? Yeah, but it's also a learning experience because now, when the next time such a situation comes ahead, I will always remember how how much I wanted it and I did not get it, and I felt bad about it. So the next time, I might not make the same decision. So it's it's definitely a learning experience. Anything you yes. do, yes, yes, that's great. That's a great experience. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think actually you added another sort of uh, quote is that uh, you you regret inaction more than uh, mm. I feel like for example if you'd gone to ISAC and you realized that probably you should have spent the time looking for an internship I and mean, I'm sure that would have been a miss like if let's say all 99% of your classmates ended up getting an internship and a job you would have felt that's a mistake but that would have been corrected over time because you would have eventually found a job but this was a regret of inaction because you didn't go to ISAC and you still think about it because you mentioned it. So I feel like that, that sticks around. That, that's basically what uh, Navi said. Yeah. True. But then, Anna, what you just added, so it can work both ways. Like, even though I had taken that ISAC internship, uh, sorry, that ISAC volunteering experience, mm-hmm. I might have still regretted the fact that I did not uh, go for an internship. I would, I might have still thought that, hey, the internship or the job search would have been easier if I had taken that internship or if I had tried uh, a harder a year earlier. So we never know what we're going to feel until we're at that situation. So right now I'm thinking of it in the perspective I was in, but if I had taken that, I never know how it would have mm. felt. So it's, it's this very funny, uh, we don't know. We never know how it's going to be. <laughs> It's interesting. I actually okay, have a okay. similar experience, but I guess my feeling was totally different from uh, Ashta's feeling because that was basically in the year 2014 when I got my first job as conference interpreter and project manager in a very small training agency in Linden. I was basically working full time, like our like working schedules were frenetic. It's just like it's just hysterical. Basically, we need to like stand all day and interpret for six hours in a row. And uh, but I haven't finished my master's degree yet because at the end of the degree, after we submit our dissertation, we have a um, internship opportunity to the United uh, to the to the European Union to be one of those interpreter interns um, at uh, European Union. But I basically gave uh, up the opportunity to be. Uh, a intern interpreter at European Union because I have to safeguard my uh, employment opportunity in Linden. But uh, when I look back, I don't feel regrets because I think um, I can obviously I couldn't have both, right? And I have to choose between this one or that one. And that one basically can guarantee me more possibilities to maybe get a work permit in the <laughs> United Kingdom, even though I decided to move back to China anyway. But um, so yeah, basically like before similar life situations, I'll try to weigh importance of different like scenarios and decisions and try to figure out which is comparatively more important to me and then if I made that decision I will never regret so I think from some to some extent it echo what um, Ashta just said like basically you need to try and the experience and stick to your decision and then just leave life as what it is yeah but in this example Mavis would you say that you went with the option that you had to rather than the one that wanted uh sorry sorry Anna please um I can't hear hear you clearly could you please sorry I said in 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 this example did you do you think that uh the European Union internship was the option that you wanted to and the mm. UK, staying back in the UK was the option you had to choose and you went for that because it just made sense in the longer term. Ah, uh, so that's it. Hmm. Basically, you went with the option that you had to versus want to. Uh, 
Well, that's a great question. <laughs> I actually, I think both options back then meant something that I want, not something that I have to do. Um, mm. I don't think yeah, like yeah. I had to stay in the UK. I want to keep that job because I think that job mm -hmm. is meaningful or was meaningful at that specific moment. But um, after like half a year, I didn't think I could learn anything further from the job. So I quit and moved back to China. So basically, I think it's like a dynamic process that how we see different things in our life and how we make decisions, right? Because people change, like their mindset change constantly. And we really don't know what we will think about an opportunity maybe the next day or the next year. So yeah, so I basically, as I said, I'm a highly emotional person. So basically I'll just go with the flow, like <laughs> go with how I feel about it at every specific moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, later on things change, that was fine. But like at that moment, uh, you probably would have gotten more diversity of experience by interning in the European Union as opposed to staying in the UK. Uh, where you'd mm -hmm. been for the past at least a year or so so in the short term maybe the european union would have been the option you wanted to but in the long term what you wanted was stability and from from that position after all later on things changed so again i guess what i'm trying to reconcile is that this have to thing is because uh, a lot of things you kind of have to do is because there are things you want but they are slightly more longer term so you don't think about them Whereas one, two things might be immediate grat gratification also at some point of time. For some things, they are long-term gratification also, and you still want to do, do them. Like, for example, career paths, you, you are the perfect example of that. Where, you know, you, you've decided to start your own uh, entrepreneurship journey. Now, that's that's going to be a really long journey before you start you know, getting the fruits of it, but you are quite motivated, and that's what you want to do. So... I mean, that mm. logic does not always hold true, but for a lot of things, I feel that if the gratification comes later, then it kind of becomes a have-to thing as opposed to what you're planning. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yes. Hmm. I never right. thought about this in this from this perspective, but uh, what you said is actually quite philosophical and uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. What about you guys? What about, what about your yeah. ideas of, like, let's say, delayed gratification or gratification? gratification of any other thoughts how do you see like um this? i have i have taken this kind of hard like now i do a lot of things where i don't actively want want to do them but, but i know that they're going to pay off in the long term and that payoff in the long term is going to be more valuable to me than whatever is the alternative that is going to pay off in the short term so it's been it's, it's been an extremely uh efficient i mean game-changing sort of reframing and mindset change for me. So it, it, yeah, I, I believe in this 100% now. Mm. Uh, what about you, Akshita? What about I, I feel like Akshita is yeah. still on the, I need to be motivated before I do something. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still there because I can't imagine myself do something that I don't like. I mean, I've, I've done that a few times before and I've always regretted it because I didn't want to be forced to do something. Not forced, um, just... Uh, not out of my own uh, will or own motivation. I think motivation is what uh, I really do strongly resonate with for this topic. So yes, I think I really do need that motivation to do anything. And when it comes to gratification or just satisfaction, 
I I'm conflicted because sometimes I feel like I want to go for something that gives me instant uh, gratification because life is short and you should do what makes you happy. But then I've also grown up in a way of long term thinking kind of family where everything's planned and, you know, you always think about the future. So um, that's where my um what Anak said that like eventually down the line when it comes to long-term stability or when it comes to things that are good for you in the long run that's important so it's a conflicted state of mind and for some situations in life I definitely would like to look for instant gratification which can be not major things like career changes or career paths they can be hobbies or side hustles or etc etc but when it comes to career paths I hope I do not go for instant gratification and I hope I go for a planned and stable <laughs> mindset going forward. Hmm. So <laughs> I think <laughs> we've kind of taken this um, discussion all over the place, uh, but mm-hmm. kind of coming back to uh, the original topic that we started off. Um, so yeah, w- one thing is for sure that uh, when it comes to things that are, um, I mean, where where the gratification or the value might come to your life later on, those things sometimes in the short term have to be reframed as a have to thing rather than a want to thing. Uh, not always, but but sometimes. But when it comes to sweeping life changing de- decisions, I think all three of us are in agreement that it should always be a want to. You should never make a you know major life decision which is kind of just doing thing for things for the sake of doing, whether it is choosing a major in undergrad or taking up a job that you yeah so uh but then don't you think Anak, that like uh, uh, generally not within us but generally uh the have to like why a lot of people do things because they have to do things or uh, most of the people at least around me do that mm-hmm. so do you have i mean what do you why do you think are the reasons where people take the have to route versus the want to root even though the want to gives you that uh, gratification that satisfaction that happiness etc etc why do you think people take the have to root i think uh, the first reason i can think of is uh, risk appetite so people generally take the more uh, beaten path because it's less risky uh, and that can be seen in terms of like career choices also so for example studying engineering and then working in IT is a less risky career path than picking up art or music and then trying to make it as a major artist or a musician in India. Or even even what Max is doing with becoming an entrepreneur, I feel like working a job is a less risky uh, option than you know starting your own business because there's higher risk. So many times I feel people end up choosing the easier in that sense route, even though that's not what they want. Uh, but I'd be interested in hearing what you guys feel. What, what do you feel, Max? Yeah, I think uh, maybe for some people, they, as Ashta has said, people feel that they are always doing things that they have to do because I just want to bring this motivation thing up again because I think for some people, they haven't Mm -hmm. successfully found their life mission or the internal calling. So they cannot, like they absolutely have no clue. Like they have no idea. So we can't, we cannot blame them, blame them for that because they are innocent to a great extent. Uh, they need guidance. They need, they need instructions, mm-hmm. but somehow they are still exploring. But for people, on the other hand, who has 
who have successfully found their internal calling and their life mission, everything would be super easy or everything would be comparatively easier because what they will do, every decision that they make will be attached to the lifelong goal or the lifelong mission. Yes. So that is the reason why people may choose, like where people can describe what they do as they want to do this or they want to do that because they will, you know, automatically or subconsciously like connect the thing, the thing that they are doing to their lifelong meaning, to their lifelong goal. I don't know whether it makes some sense to you guys, but um, I, I, I actually think when I like when I see myself, I think like what I'm doing right now, even though it's much riskier than a stable than getting a stable job in a very good like Chinese internet company. Uh, I, I still think it's more significant just to me. I don't know whether it is significant to others, but at least it's very significant to me. Yes. Yeah, I think I completely no, I, agree. I, I definitely with, agree with you, Mao. So I, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Sorry, actually, you go ahead. No, I was just saying that I completely agree with her because I did not think of, I mean, uh, the fact that you said a lot of people don't, are not able to find their internal purpose and that's mm-hmm. why they do something. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's something very common, at least what I've seen. Uh, when people don't know what to do, they just take the default route or the easier route. And when they dislike it, or when they feel like, uh, hey, this is not what I'm interested in, they call it the have-to route. They said, oh, mm-hmm. I had to take up engineering. Even mm-hmm. though at that point, they had no other mm-hmm. uh, viable options in their head. So they just took the default one. So that's a good point that you just uh, mentioned. Yes. What do you think, Anand? Yeah, that is very true. People, people go about living. I agree with you, Mavish. I feel like there's a big chunk of people that go about living their life in a sort of reactive way rather than proactively. And when you are reactive, you basically just keep doing things, going wherever life takes you in terms of you know education, career, and even smaller decisions. Mm-hmm. And in that, that, that mm-hmm. kind of a scenario, since you're not proactively choosing to do anything literally every single action you take kind of becomes a have to thing rather than a want to thing because you're not choosing to do anything um, so that yeah that's that's a good viewpoint that i did not think of i but i am in agreement mm. with you and the the entrepreneurship thing also i feel that that again goes back to my point about risk because uh, what you're doing is extremely extremely ballsy it takes it takes a lot of uh, you know g- gut to uh, do that and it's not like I personally have always wanted to do that quit my job and work on a startup and I felt that was that was an extremely risky even though that is what I wanted to do I found that to be extremely risky and so I had to stay in my job and mm-hmm. so yeah that, that risk is also risk aversion is also one of the reasons why people stick to safer options which they don't necessarily want to do right yeah i also think that there's a factor of as Uh, i already mentioned society um i mean what the expected or like the normal way of uh, life is and then you even though you want to do something else you tend to like people tend to take the have to root because that's how it has been happening for many years or that's what people expect you to do that's what either your family friends or any etc etc expect you to do so i think community plays a big part or community or acceptance in society uh, or these norms that have been set in place i think this also plays a big part in why pe- some people choose the have to um, way versus the want to way 
Yes. I agree with you, Akshita, but I feel like if you dig deeper, if if you dig deeper on that point, you'd find that the reason for that is again going back to the two things we discussed because uh, there are norms in society, like for example, having to do engineering or even working a nine to five job, getting married by X amount of age, having kids, all of that. Uh, people still choose to, like people can choose not to do that and do something else, have an alternative lifestyle, but they're not able to do that for A, because they don't know what other options are there, what else they can possibly do. That goes back to what uh, Mavis said about people don't know about you know, what options they have. They don't have the exposure, they don't have the training. And the other thing is risk. Uh, a lot of people don't want to betray the common path or you know, go against what society does because they, they're afraid of the pushback they might get. So, I mean, again, these two, I feel are like the core foundational reasons, but yeah, that's again, a manifestation of what you said about, you know, people just following societal norms and not choosing to break them. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we've had an interesting discussion um, uh, today. Um, is there anything else, like we should begin to wrap up? You guys, is there anything else you guys want to add to it uh, before we summarize? Is there any points that we We are good. We can, we can oh, okay. go ahead with the summary. <laughs> I tried summarizing the last time and I just completely <laughs> butchered it. So Anna can take it forward this time. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, we started the discussion with uh, defining the want to versus have to thing where if you're, uh, if you sort of put a spectrum of, you know, having to do things which you don't feel like doing, like laundry or going to work in the morning on a Monday morning is on one end of the spectrum. And then wanting to do things is things that you're motivated to do uh, on the other side of the spectrum. And uh, so first we talked about making life decisions in, in that respect where, you know, you choose to do things that you want to rather than kind of have to. So like uh, Mavis mentioned that, um, she had a nice, I mean, she was working a nice job in uh, the UK and then she felt that she got whatever she could get out of it. So she left it and she moved back to Beijing and she wanted to work in the internet industry and tech. So so that was an example of, you know, choosing a want to rather than a have to, even though like uh, from a risk or a comfort standpoint, probably staying back in the UK might have been uh, the less risky option. The other way of looking at it is in terms of uh, time horizon of gratification or value that you get out of something. So things that give you instant gratification, you want to do those things. Whereas things that may take a while before the payoff comes in, in the short term, they might be painful or they might not be something that you want to do. Those things kind of get framed as a have to thing rather than a want to thing. Um, then we talked about reasons why some why people still do things that they have to uh and why not just do things that they want to all the time and the two key reasons we found was one was people are risk averse so they i mean sometimes doing the have to thing is actually even though they might want to do the other thing the have to thing is the less risky easier option and the other one is sometimes people just don't know what they want to do they don't have the awareness or they don't know what is out there so they just are very reactive rather than proactive in terms of how they go about life. Mm. That's all I can think of. If there's anything I missed out, please feel free to add to that. <laughs> Somebody. I want to add one more point. I I want to add one more. <laughs> sorry. I want to add one more point. I really appreciate Ash has, um, you know, analytical insights in 
into instant gratification and delay gratification. That's one of the you know parts that I enjoy the most during our discussion in the past hour. And I really appreciate how she analyzed you know instant versus delayed gratification. Yeah. So thank you, Ashta, for that part. Thanks, Mavis. Mm. Sweet. Okay. So let's uh, move on to the final segment of the podcast, which is Akshita's <laughs> favorite segment, <laughs> uh, the funny or insightful incident of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mavish, would you want to go first since you're the guest? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, during the past month, I participated in a online co- online cohort-based course called uh, the Creator Economy course is initiated by one of the American angel investor called Lee Jin, and she's super popular on Twitter. Probably you guys can check it out uh, later, especially all her tweets, super meaningful and super insightful. And um, I just read just mm-hmm. now, like literally just now, that um, she actually sold a piece of uh, GIF, like um, moving picture like a moving MSD? image yes for over $25,000 like uh, NFT and it was just like you know mind-blowing like people are wow. actually buying that art like people are actually you know obsessed with transactions like that so basically I guess till this moment we can't ignore like um, how popular NFT can become in the future and um, it should be the next big thing, or at least one of the next big things, right? Yes. So that's my interesting findings of this week. Yeah. To piggy- is, piggyback yeah, on Muse's... So I also this yeah. week... Oh, yeah. Even I think I was... Like, even I... Go ahead, week, I was introduced to the NFT. Uh, I didn't know what an NFT is before this week. And I was introduced to it this week itself from one of our um, cohort classmates itself. And I was amazed at the amount of money people spend on stuff like this, as you said, a moving image, you will never understand, but it is definitely seeming to be the next upcoming um, thing. So I was very interested because I had not heard of this concept before. And um, yes, I feel like this is something I want to explore, just explore at, at this point, but see going forward how it goes. Yes. Let's just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. So what about you guys? What's your big, uh, biggest, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, let me first respond to the NFT thing. So so I came across a website. I don't know if it's a social media website or it's a finance website, but it's called BitCloud, where you can buy and, and trade social media influencers like you would trade stock. So like you have people who are, I'm, I'm sure the influencer ah. that you were talking about, she, she probably has an account. And yes, you can, I know what you you're can, talking you about. You can buy their stock on BitCloud and then hold on to it. And as it appreciates, you can sell it on later. And mm-hmm. um, I just, like, and this whole thing is based off of like the blockchain technology. So it's like legit, you don't need like a full-fledged stock market and all of that that you probably need for other things so mm-hmm. I, I mean as a concept i don't think i i don't know how, how much it'll it'll work out it, it kind of i kind of feel like it's like clubhouse where you know people are excited about it but it's not sustainable but what i found interesting more was that the whole blockchain technology when it, whether it is with nfts or this or other applications like 2021 seems to be the year for 
blockchain technology to really get its time on the stage. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> um, what about Asha? Yeah, unfortunately, like almost all our podcast episodes, I do not have an insightful or funny incident, especially this week because I've uh, been at home quite a bit. Anand, mm-hmm. maybe you can go while I try to come up with something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. giving I, you putting um, you on the spot <laughs> okay <laughs> mm, so uh um again insightful let's let's talk about nfts only uh so h- historically when like i've i've really gotten into like art and art history in the past couple of years and uh i've always wondered about what makes maybe we can have this as a full-fledged uh, podcast episode but now is like what according to you values art like for example the mona lisa as a painting um versus something that i would paint uh, in like at home Wh- why is there so much difference in the value that you know the mona lisa is um valued at or sold for and uh there's this there's this auction house called christie's i don't know if you guys have heard of it, heard of them but basically anything expensive that is auctioned in the world is done by them uh like you guys would have heard there was a paint, art painting called the art basel where basically they taken a banana and then duct taped it on a, a canvas and that sold for like shit tons of money and they they auctioned that off uh so i was like i've always been amused about how the economics of like fine art works and for historical things uh there is value because there's only one like for example there if there was a famous painter in the 16th century he's no longer there whatever painting he's painted is finite so because of their finiteness there is value but when you talk about modern artists who you know are coming up with truckloads every year new artists are being born how do you value their art especially when they're living uh because they can always make more and they're alive but this nft thing has completely changed the game i feel like nfts are to auction houses what uber was to taxis or what digital payments were to currency so that is mm-hmm. like that's something that i've actually been studying up on researching on and i'll come back with more of my findings but uh, mm-hmm. since we brought up the topic of nfts i feel like they're extremely exciting and that again i don't have any funny stories this week <laughs> Yeah, Anug, you were so excited about NFTs. I think we should definitely have like a episode dedicated to this. I feel like you have so much to share. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, true, I don't true, think true. I came up with any funny stories, uh, but I can share a future hopeful plan that I want to do uh, going forward versus I have to. I mean, very circling back to our topic. Um, so I'm really, really wanting to. like take a few weeks off um work and um, get into this volunteering scheme at either a reef sports school or a surf club because i mean i've never done this kind of experience before and i really want to take some time out to um just cut off from like work and spend 2 3 weeks doing just this so involves um just um i mean getting involved in different activities so suppose it's the reef force then it's scuba diving or like uh biomarine um uh for you just different marine life conservation versus if it's a surf school then it's more about kayaking or surfing etc etc so basically it's something that i've always wanted to do because i've never like, done any activities like this but then again like i 
have to work until june or july to complete the two years of my work experience <laughs> so i'm just like i was i was thinking of uh, quitting beforehand so that i hope this episode does not go out before i quit <laughs> <laughs> but anyways no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah but uh, yes so okay, i was is, wanting that to is a funny quit. episode <laughs> let's see let's see let's see yes great ashta at least you have something that you really want and at this very moment i really want to have a successful study permit application like <laughs> <laughs> we all feel you right there it's, it's, yeah it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very that's true. a that's that's quite an interesting Fingers ending crossed. to this episode, right? <laughs> true, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mavis. We really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time out and joining us and having such an interesting discussion about this topic. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you, Akshita, for joining us, even though you were really, really ill, running a hundred. Um, so I appreciate you. I, I guess this Fine was enough. an example of hopefully you wanting to rather than having to. Uh, oh yes, oh yes, this was a perfect sure. example of a want to versus have to. <laughs> good one. That's a good catch on. Nice. Yes. <laughs> and yes, thank, thank you so much, uh, Mavis. I mean, uh, I think I think I like. So the last segment generally for our podcast is we ask our guests how their experience has been, but I think Anak this time we should ask advice and tips and experience as well. I mean, and advice and tips from Mavis on how our yeah. podcast was. So yeah, I mean, thank you so much for taking out the time, Mavis. I understand that you were having a busy week and really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ashta and Anak, yeah. for inviting me. I feel super thrilled to have had this conversation, and I hope that we can have more conversation of this sort because I really want to uh, exchange views with you guys on whatever topic it would be in the future. So let's let's just keep mm-hmm. keep it going, and hopefully we will come up with more like coordinative like uh, episode in the future, right? Cool. Definitely, definitely. So, how was your uh, experience being on the uh, Y coordinate? How uh, on <laughs> like since you are a professional podcaster, we'd love your feedback on. Uh, I think experience. it's different. It's, I mean, <laughs> honestly speaking, it's totally different from my past experiences because basically, I um, I do podcasts with um, like mainly Chinese and uh, sometimes, you know, Canadians or Americans, but um, this is uh, like a very different experience. And I really value how you guys figure out different topics and how, how your thought process elaborates and um, it's super meaningful to me. And um, I guess if maybe in the future, if we can sit down in one physical place to record, you know, episodes together, that will be a better experience. Because obviously in China I have very bad internet. Like uh, there is a time lag. Like um, and you know the 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 wall, the wall thing, yes, the great firewall yes, thing. Yes. And um, yeah, so but um I really enjoyed it. And um I'm very very sure, I'm definitely sure that um in the future when we yeah, when we meet each other, we can have better recording experiences. Lovely Mamish. I'm on board on that. We are definitely gonna do this again in <laughs> <Yes>. person. <laughs> yes. 
yeah thank you once again thank you akita and thank you to everyone for listening i'm going to stop mm-hmm. recording now